Here at Country Roads Magazine, for 40 years with curiosity as our guide, we've been wandering the back roads of Louisiana and Mississippi, discovering and sharing Southern culture's most compelling stories. Our latest project is Detours, a podcast where we'll dive deeper into some favorite stories from our recent issues and crack open the door to our editorial meeting, letting you, dear listener, in on our process of choosing and refining the stories that land in country roads. Think of it as a friendly audio companion to your monthly magazine, a chance to really hear the voices of the artists, chefs, farmers, musicians, designers, and other culture bearers who make our vibrantly unique region like no other. It's a chance to listen closer and discover more. And maybe laugh a little too. I'm James Fox-Smith, publisher. And I'm Jordan Lahey fontenot managing editor. And I'm Alexandra Kennan, arts and entertainment editor. And this is Detours, a new podcast from your friends at Country Roads Magazine. Hey everyone, this is Jordan. I'm back today to present one of our well-read special episodes in which we invite writers and local personalities to read aloud stories we particularly loved from our recent issues. And your reader today, listeners, is, well, me. I wrote a story for our July 2023 cuisine issue that touches on all of my favorite things. History, nostalgia, food, and the quirky idiosyncrasies of small-town Louisiana. The story was a deep dive into the history of the Hitachi rice cooker in Acadiana. Growing up in Evangeline Parish, a rice cooker was always an essential part of any kitchen that I found myself in. As ubiquitous as a toaster or a microwave, rice is such a big part of the diet in this part of the region. Four or five days out of any week, we were eating some version of rice and gravy. Marinated pork and gravy, sticky chicken, crawfish etouffee, gumbo, sauce piquant. Whether it was a quick weeknight dinner whipped up by my mom after all of our after-school dance classes and football practices, or lunch on Easter Sunday, that rice cooker was almost always steaming away in the corner. In older Cajun households, those of my grandparents or my friends' grandparents, the rice cooker had a very particular vintage look to it. Later as an adult, when someone said the word Hitachi, the image in my head was instantly of this little pot avocado green or cream with an orange sticker shaped like a bell, sitting on the counter in some old 70s style Cajun kitchen. About a year ago, I think my dad, who I'll just say is where I get many of my story ideas, mentioned that he had spoken with someone recently about the origins of the Hitachi rice cooker's reign in Acadiana, and that it had all started in my home parish, Evangeline. I turned to the newspaper archives, trying to figure out when exactly this Japanese machine arrived in South Louisiana, realizing how absurd the whole thing kind of actually was. When did this Japanese appliance become basically Cajun? So I also, I looked for people who could remember those early days when they first became really popular. I dug deep into the story and a lot of lore unfolded swirling around this rice cooker and even more than that there was a sentimentality about the appliance really kind of universally shared among people who grew up in rural acadiana so here is hitachi how the rice cooker became a staple of acadiana food culture published in the july 2023 cuisine issue of country roads magazine and a quick note 
This story was published as part of our partnership with Telelouisiane and can be read in French at telelouisiane.com. It was the early 1970s, at noon on a Thursday or a Friday. Housewives across Acadiana were preparing lunch. Little kitchen TVs turned to Channel 10. Bill Besson's typical greeting, Hi, Bill Besson here. You're watching Meet Your Neighbor, Acadiana, playing in the background. Looking up from the pot or the oven or the sink, they saw something curious on the television screen. A little squat machine and a hand scooping rice into it. The camera then zoomed out, focusing again on Bill, who was proceeding as usual. Hmm, they mumbled, stirring and scrubbing away. The show went on, every now and then panning back to that odd pot of rice, which had started to steam. Finally, about halfway through the show, Bill looked at the camera and smiled. Now, if y'all were wondering what we were doing when the show started, the camera zoomed back in on the machine. What we're doing is making perfect rice in a Hitachi rice cooker. At this, someone lifted the lid and reached in with a spoon, pulling out a fluffy, steaming pile of medium grain rice. You can now get one of these for yourself at Floyd's Record Shop over in Ville Platte. And the phones never stopped ringing after that, Floyd Swallow remembers of the most successful advertising campaign of his career. The ladies were sold on it. At this point in the 1970s, the mid-century Japanese invention had already risen as a symbol of women's liberation half a world away, after a Toshiba washing machine salesman discovered that washing clothes was less trouble for Japanese women than the task of preparing three rice-based meals a day. When the salesman proposed the idea of an automatic rice cooker to an engineer who did not know how to cook rice, the engineer's wife, Fumiko Minami, set herself to the task, developing the model still at the base of the appliance almost a century later. During that first year, Toshiba sold 200,000 rice cookers a month. A manufacturer's race ensued in which companies across Asia rushed to create their own prototypes. One of those was Hitachi. By 1958, Hitachi rice cookers had made their way across the Pacific to Hawaii, whose Asian-influenced cuisine also heavily incorporates rice. The trend slowly stretched its way to California. One of the earliest mainland advertisements for the appliance, which was promoted as being sold at a local Asian market, appeared in the Stockton Evening and Sunday Record in 1966. At the time, Americans who encountered the rare machine considered it a foreign novelty more than a revolutionary tool. Hitachi had bigger fish to fry in the American market than a rice cooker, and were devoting more time and advertising dollars towards their automotive, electronic, and computer products. But somehow, in the years between 1966 and 1970, the Hitachi rice cooker made its way to Acadiana, where hundreds of miles of fields were freshly awave with the products of the still-emerging rice farming industry and where the regional diet was largely made up of rice dishes like gumbo, jambalaya, etouffee, boudin, and daily plates of rice and gravy. There is more than one origin story attempting to explain the Hitachi rice cooker's arrival in Acadiana, but newspaper archives show that a Lafayette Asian market called Tumikos was placing advertisements for the product in the Daily Advertiser in 1970, selling it as a machine, priced at $26.50, that, quote, 
cooks perfect rice every time, automatically, and, in all caps, stays hot as long as you want. At the same time, regular advertisements in the Alexandria Town Talk were promoting them as in the classifieds at a price of $19.95 and with a choice of colors. It was around this time that two Evangeline Parish businessmen, totally independently, encountered the product that, in their hands, would come to revolutionize Cajun and Creole cooking. It is difficult to pinpoint exactly when Bruce Guillory and his wife, Gladys, owners of Guillory Wholesale and Mamu in Evangeline Parish, first started selling the Hitachi rice cookers. In an article published in 2000 in the Ville Platte Gazette, Gladys cites the date as the mid-1970s. Their son, Paul, estimated the late 1960s or the early 1970s, which is likely more accurate. A Gazette article from November 1971 announces that Guillory Wholesale donated, quote, one of those fabulous Hitachi 8-cup electric rice cookers to the Mamu Volunteer Fire Department for their Christmas party raffle. Regardless, according to Paul, Bruce first encountered the rice cookers at a trade show, likely in Chicago or Dallas. He told me, As I recall, he initially purchased four rice cookers to try, one for my mom, one for his mom, one for Gladys Mayu, and one for Hazel Desitel, his two sisters. All were pleased with their performance, and then he started selling them like hotcakes. Arthur Corville, who worked as a delivery man for Guillory Wholesale for 15 years, remembers the very first sale. We retailed it for $13 a piece, he said, and the store made a profit. It started slow, he recalled, but then, before you knew something, we were delivering them by the case to mom-and-pop stores in the country, from Crowley and Basile to Marksville. Once a week, Bruce would go to Lafayette and sell there. He's the one that really started pushing the rice cookers in the Lafayette area, too, said Corville. He really sold a lot, and then it started expanding. I mean, it got to where we were selling. It was unreal what we were selling. In the 2000 Gazette article, Gladys explained that the product succeeded because the local people approved of it. The quality of the rice was still there, and it was less trouble for the cook. Around the same time, Bill Platt record producer Floyd Swallow was working directly with Hitachi, selling their stereos, tape recorders, and televisions. Again, the dates are difficult to verify with certainty, but the earliest Floyd's Hitachi rice cooker newspaper ad that I could find is from 1972. Through the grapevine, Floyd learned that Hitachi had another product that might appeal to local cooks. I had never heard of that before, he said. He had one of his employees purchase one and brought it back home to his wife, Jennifer. He asked her if she would try to use it to cook rice for the next day's lunch. So, next day, I'm anxious to get home for lunch, and she's all disappointed, he recalled. She says, oh, the baby's crying. I didn't have time to read the instructions, and I couldn't do it. The next day, though, when Swallow came home for lunch, she had a smile from ear to ear. She loved it, and she described the rice as perfect. That's all I wanted to know, said Swallow. Back at the office, he placed an order from Hitachi for six or seven cases of the rice cookers in various colors and sizes. We started selling, he said. I was trying to get my record dealers to stock it and sell it, but I knew we'd have to do something to let the people know about it. Thus, the ad spot on Meet Your Neighbor, plus plenty more. Swallow saw the gap between the product and the market, which was basic knowledge of its capabilities, and he spent hundreds of dollars getting the word out. 
It wouldn't be an exaggeration to say that the cultural place the Hitachi rice cooker holds in Acadiana today can in large part be attributed to this very advertising campaign. Nobody had done any promotion, he said. The other distributors didn't want to spend money advertising somebody else's product. But we were getting orders in store. We were making money off of this. There were other rice cookers, Swallow laughed. But nobody wanted the Panasonic because nobody had tried them before. The Hitachi was a proven thing. We approved it, and so we had the market for it. It was a beautiful setup. Throughout the 1970s, the Hitachi rice cooker became a coveted, newfangled addition to almost every Cajun or Creole kitchen. Before the rice cooker, explained Swallow, Cajun brides had to learn how to cook rice in the special little pot on the stove, and you had to use it every day and get the measurements just right and cook it just right so you wouldn't ruin it. At the 2000 Festival de Musique Acadienne in Lafayette, which was dedicated to Swallow for his contributions to recording and promoting Louisiana French music, Barry Ancelet introduced him as a young man that probably saved more Cajun marriages than anybody else we can think of. As it had in Japan, the rice cooker condensed an hours-long process into a few minutes and a push of a single button, granting women more time to spend outside of the kitchen. The Hitachi rice cooker was the number one gift for newlyweds, at the top of every registry, said Swallow. It was the item to have in a Cajun home. For a time, the two main distributors of the product in Louisiana were, in fact, Floyd's Record Shop and Guillory Wholesale, who were each selling the things by the truckload. The often-repeated oral history claims that the sales reached such monumental heights as to make Louisiana, and Evangeline Parish specifically, the site of the single largest distribution of Hitachi rice cookers outside of Asia. Per local lore, to better understand this phenomenon, executives from Hitachi Corporation in Japan flew to Evangeline Parish to see it for themselves. They visited Vilplat and Mamu and all that, thanking us for selling their product, said Swallow. They couldn't believe the amount of steamers, they called them, that we were selling. They came here to thank us for that. They had to air freight them into Louisiana. They never expected that. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Paul Guillory confirms this, recalling that the executives were actually attending a trade show in New Orleans and had rented a car to visit Evangeline Parish to figure out why this tiny rural area had such a fierce demand for the cookers. Of course, when they drove the roads leading into Evangeline, the seemingly infinite fields of rice would have delivered as quick an answer as any. Photographs from Paul's family archive document the executive's meeting with his parents. Bruce and Gladys seated with the suited Japanese men at their kitchen table, right at the center of a quintessentially 70s-style kitchen, sipping coffee. The Louisiana market purportedly had its role in the appliance's evolution as well. Paul and Swallow each recall that a change to the product was suggested to manufacturers that would make it less reactive to the amount of salt Louisianans tended to add to their rice. We told them to change that, said Swallow, and they did. And then there was the matter of size. Originally, the cookers came in 3-cup, 5-cup, and 8-cup options. We needed a 10-cup, said Swallow, and then later they came up with even larger ones for restaurants. Eventually, the area's big box stores got wind of the product's popularity, and Hitachi rice cookers became available everywhere. Guillory Wholesale kept a healthy stock going at the small shops across the region. But Swallow, frustrated that Hitachi was going to stop using him as a main distributor and sell directly to the department stores, quit selling them. I spent all this money helping you get this program set up, and now you're going to cut me out? Nah, that was it, he said. 
By that point, though, the Hitachi rice cookers had become a ubiquitous part of the landscape. People could hardly remember cooking rice any other way. In 2023, Hitachi still sells rice cookers, but these robot-esque, multi-setting, $100-plus products are rarely found in Acadiana and hardly resemble their predecessors at all. Still, the idea of the rice cooker as a kitchen necessity has not dwindled here. When I went off to college, I purchased my own three-cupper and packed it up with my toaster and my microwave. Rice is still a staple in Acadiana's small towns, and this is how you cook it. And even I, born at the end of the millennium, know exactly what a 1970s Hitachi rice cooker looks like, and I can place it on my grandmother's counter, from which we served ourselves so many gumbos and gravies. And like most of the others, still steaming in Cajun and Creole kitchens for miles round, it still works just fine. As Mamu Ray's Lafayette-based photographer and filmmaker Lucius Fano put it, It's one of those things where, as an adult, it's like, wait, how do I get one of these? They're always around. Inspired after inheriting his grandmother's avocado green cooker and photographing it, Fano found himself drawn into the enduring legacy of the cooker, discovering how many people he knew still had them and had intense memories associated with them. It's interesting, he said. The idea that the mention of this appliance throughout South Louisiana would cause people to get really nostalgic and go into these really sentimental stories. People remember that thing very fondly. There's a respect for it, sort of this weird adoration for this artifact. Fano's ongoing Hitachi rice cooker project features photographs of cookers still in operation in kitchens across Acadiana, combined with interviews of their current owners, altogether forming a tapestry of Acadiana's culinary history centered around this little Japanese invention, which is now as thoroughly Louisianan as corner store boudin or gravy on rice. It was like the dinner bell. Come serve yourself a plate, said Christy Cornell. My cooker has been with me for more than 30 years. It outlasted my marriage and has fed me in a way that goes beyond bringing rice to the table, said Sarah Spell. In the back shed, we found two Hitachi rice makers, still in boxes. I said, that's mine. I think we kept the other one in the box, just in case someone's breaks or dies. The other brands of rice cookers just don't work right. They don't have the ding, said Rachel DeQueer. I mean, said Fontenot. When I was a kid, I thought Hitachi was a French word. If this is your first time listening and you like what you heard, and if you're still with us at this point, we assume that you do, please subscribe to Detours. Give us a rating and maybe even send it to a friend. And if you're not already reading Country Roads magazine, you probably should be. To read online, find a copy, or subscribe to have the monthly issues delivered to your door, visit countryroadsmag.com. Detours is written, reported, and produced by us, the editorial team at Country Roads Magazine. James Fox-Smith, Jordan Lahey-Fontenot, and Alexandra Kennan. Our theme music was written and recorded by Bill Daniel and Sam Shaheen of Naughty Professor and produced by Bill Daniel at Wildchild Studios in New Orleans. The audio editing for this season was done by me, Jordan LaHaye-Fontenot, and Alexandra Kinnan. The Detour's logo and other graphics were designed by Country Roads Magazine's creative director, Courtney Zimmerman. So until our next Detour, don't be a stranger. You can always reach us at detours at countryroadsmag.com. And thanks for listening.